Welcome to episode two of Real Life Ghost Stories with Dan and Emma. Hello. Hi. I think we need to start this week with some apologies. Yes. Well, one apology well, one in particular. Big apology. So it was highlighted to us on Twitter, believe it or not, by someone who, with the tag uh, Starfleet Foxes, who pointed out, but we had already realised after we finished recording that it wasn't actually M&M's or Smarties or Skills. <laughs> it was, in fact, Reese's Pieces. That was left out for ET. Yeah, so obviously all of our, um, I think it was 33 listeners, are going to be really upset by that. So we're sorry, we well, realised it was... one of our listeners was upset by it and uh, tweeted yeah, us. Yeah, so it was, um, yeah, it was Reese's Pieces. We did realise that afterwards and had a conversation about it. So we're sorry for that one. But thanks for talking to us and letting us know. It's nice to see that people are listening and fact-checking us. Which yeah, is it's good. been really fun this week talking to everybody on twitter and listening to what everybody had to say yeah so if you are on twitter come and talk to us because i love it it's me by the way that's on 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 our twitter feed it's not dan no he doesn't know what's going on no no idea <laughs> i've got a i've got a gripe this week oh you have yeah do you want to hear what it is yeah go for it so it was halloween this week Woo! Ooh, and spooky, uh spooky <laughs> You've just been dying to sing that. <laughs> yeah. Just, that's, all, that's all this podcast is Sorry. to you. So it's been Halloween this week. I was listening to a podcast and it's a really good podcast, but they were talking about the Feast of Sam Hain. Yeah. S-A-M-H-A-I-N. That well-known not, punk band. <laughs> which is not how you pronounce it. So Samhain, as it is actually pronounced, is an ancient Celtic festival which was celebrating the um, arrival of winter. So it's not Samhain, it's Samhain. I don't know why that really annoyed me. I think it's because we just read it as it was and just presume that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. We don't understand the nuances of your wonderful language. Well, then you've seen the nuances of the Irish language, so you appreciate it. But yes, it's Samhain, okay? It's Samhain. It's not Samhain. It's not anything in between. It's Samhain. Like, it's Neve and not Naeem. Yeah, not, not Niam. It's Neve. What did you do for Halloween? I saw possibly one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen in my life. What was that? Um, West Ham get dismantled by Spurs' second team in the cup, which was which was a truly horrific Halloween experience. What about you? What were you doing while I was at the London Stadium? I forgot it was Halloween and then hid in my car. <laughs> because when I got home, there was like probably about a million trick-or-treaters on the street. And I, I don't know what I thought was going to happen. So I literally hid in my car with the lights off for about half an hour before I went into the house. And then when I got into the house, I very probably turned the lights off and sat in the dark with the cat because I was so frightened that someone would come knocking the door and I wouldn't have any sweets for them. I mean, we live next door to a shop. I literally could have just gone to the shop and got some sweets, but I didn't. <laughs> and then I felt really bad. So I did not do anything exciting this Halloween. And Halloween, anyway, is a much bigger thing in Ireland than it is here. Yeah, it's definitely got more... It's definitely got bigger yeah. uh, since I was a youngster because it wasn't really ever a thing. Like it was, but not to the extent it is today. And now, even now, it's not really anywhere near as big as it is in America and as big as you say it is in Ireland. So You said that like I'm lying, like like it's some sort of ruse I've never seen for me. it with my actual eyes. Okay, well, next time we're in Ireland for Halloween, you'll see. 
Our review of the week this week is actually Dan's review because he has chosen what we're going to review and I uh, have feelings about it. But Dan, over to you. Yeah, so this week we're reviewing um, Demon House, which is uh, Zach Bagan's of Ghost Adventures fame. Little documentary into this house that he bought, basically. And it's not like Idle Homes or any of those other ones where they fix up a room. Although that would be quite nice. Imagine like as a spin-off. That would have been an interesting spin-off. So they speak to, to the demon. The they do an EVP <laughs> with a demon and say, right, what are your feelings about this living room? How can we do it up? How can we make it more demonly for you? <laughs> well, you'd like red walls. Okay, yeah, we can do that. That's no problem. Okay, we'll sort it out. Um, it's not that. But basically, it's, it's the real-life story documentary um, of Zach who bought a house which was had some news coverage about it having demons in it. So he bought it because it was vacant. The family that were being terrorised moved out, as most people would, I'd imagine. And Zach bought it uh, mainly probably because he thought there was some money to be made from a documentary. <laughs> Shall I read you the blurb to it? Because yeah, I, I took the blurb today because if anybody doesn't watch Ghost Adventures or know what we're talking about, this might um, enlighten you a little bit. But it's got 43% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, which... but Rotten Tomatoes is about films. Like, it reviews films. This is actually a documentary, so it's okay sure and um it's got 5.7 out of 10 on imdb just over half that's good okay positive so the blurb is you've no doubt seen plenty of horror movies that start with a documentary cue i can't even read it crew crew thank you heading into an infamously haunted house but demon house is doing it for real i'm gonna do this a bit dramatically actually the new horror documentary comes from paranormal investigator and host of travel channels ghost adventures zach bagans bagans writes directs and hosts the new film which explains a lot yes that's my input which takes viewers inside the gary indiana paranormal hotspot known as the house of 200 demons where former residents have reported all kinds of supernatural experiences from possession to levitation since the indianapolis star first revealed the house's unusual happenings in 2014 and since then not very good writing here I really should have read this before we read it out on the podcast. The phenomena has been reported on USA Today, Fox News and Huffington Post. And with Demon House, you can step inside the so-called portal to hell alongside Bagans and his crew and get a first-hand look at this spooky spot. Thoughts? Straight away, you know how how serious we're talking about the level of documentary because it's approved by Fox News. And I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there are no if it's approved by fox news you know it's worth watching the vessel of fact that is fox news exactly <laughs> um i actually all jokes aside as much as I, I like ghost adventures because it's short they show you in like good stuff and then it's the end of the show the problem with demon house was it was a bit too long and nothing really happened that was very interesting until right at the end where there was a bit of a shadow which was quite creepy I've just ruined it, haven't I? Spoilers. But the best bit about it is there's a re- reconstruction of this, <laughs> <laughs> of the boy, the, the experience that apparently happened with the boy running up a wall backwards. But you can see that this little kid who's obviously doing it for the the actor that's being used is obviously having a whale of a time running up the uh, wall backwards because he just, he looks, he doesn't look threatening at all. He looks like he's having the best time of his life. Made it slightly less scary. Uh, well, not really scary anyway, but slightly less um, prolific, I guess, to see this little kid enjoying himself running backwards up the wall um yeah what were your thoughts on demon house it was shite what made it so rubbish everything i just you know how i feel about zach bagans i think zach bagans is a terrible human being i think he is capitalizing on people's potential trauma i mean social services and stuff got involved with that family which is 
horrendous. I saw somebody tweeting today about that. Wasn't um, Zach Bagans doing though? That was already in yeah, place. but he's yeah, but he's capitalizing on a family's trauma. Oh yeah, and making a documentary about it. But I saw somebody tweet it today about um their Ghost Adventures Live thing where. <laughs> But this girl tweeted and, and was saying how Zach Bagans doesn't owe us anything. This isn't entertainment. This is his profession. And I was like, it is entertainment. That's exactly what it is. He makes a huge amount of money from making apparently entertaining TV shows. And Demon House was the same thing again. It Nothing happened. Totally. And a lot of action, I guess, in, Demon's ho- in Demon House comes from their reconstructions about stuff that apparently happened. Yeah. So it's ridiculous. And just to answer the entertainment thing, it literally says on the screen, this view, this program is for the viewer's entertainment purpose only, just before the program starts. So it clearly does have something to do with entertainment. But yeah, I, I was I was I was excited to see it because you know they made as good advertising campaigns do. They made a big deal out of it being this place, and you know as the whole you should. Uh, you know demons can be transferred for electronic equipment and so you know you have to watch this at your own discretion and we can't be responsible for anything that happens and you know that kind of thing it's all the hype it's the hype train again so i was quite intrigued to see it but it was actually dull yeah it was very dull dull. and i think as well the hype was built up by the fact that it was delayed so the release was delayed for quite a while obviously because they had no footage so they had to fill in the blanks with all the stuff that they made up about the house but if you are interested in the the actual story of the house itself is interesting. Yeah. So if you absolutely. look it up, there's a, there's loads of information about that house and what apparently happened in it. And, you know, the police people who went to the house and social services, they all like reported that they saw things. So it has a bit of credibility. The story itself has credibility. The, the film documentary, whatever it is, Demon House does not. And it takes place in a, a town called Gary. I mean, it's about the most unthreatening name for a town you could ever have, isn't it? <laughs> Everybody knows Gary. He's a good fella. Full of demons, but a good fella. <laughs> Never threatening, except when he's possessed. And that brings us on to um, our topic for today, which is religion and how religion impacts our view of the supernatural. I was brought up in Catholic Ireland. You wouldn't, you wouldn't think it to talk to me about things. <laughs> I've got very different views <laughs> than the Catholic Church. Now I... I believe in God and I'm quite spiritual but for me growing up in Catholic Ireland was not really a very religious influence on my life because my mum is Catholic and my dad isn't and religion for us was pretty much a choice but in primary school religion was really important yeah. and I went I went to a a convent school for I was going to say you school. went to a nunnery but that's not the right it's, word is it's it? no. pretty much the same thing I had literal nuns that taught me in secondary school and I think that's really weird sometimes did they regularly burst into gospel songs with you yeah it was uh, Whoopi Goldberg was okay. our head teacher nice and uh, <laughs> there was a lot of oh happy day oh, in the corridors happy day. no there wasn't no there wasn't <laughs> do you not know that one of the main facets of Catholicism is misery oh because you don't sing in the Catholic Church either do you there's no, no. singing that's re- it's a really weird thing it's we sing at Christmas and I don't know maybe other Catholic Church they sing more regularly but in mine there was no singing and no joy lots of sin lots of you're going to hell and misery <laughs> So the Catholic Church does preach against witchcraft of any kind. Like, yep. you know, look at the Salem witch trials. Good Lord. That all went mental, didn't it? Yeah, but they were Puritans, though, weren't they? They weren't Catholics. But they were so... still Christians. Yeah, but they were running away from you a lot. That's why they yeah, were running away the from place. us. <laughs> running away from us. Dangerous people. <laughs> what I found growing up was that Irish people are really spiritual people. And we believe, I'm saying we, I'm sorry if you're an Irish person listening to this and you don't believe in this, but I'm just generalising, so, you know, come at me. And you do all know each other anyway, right? 
yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's not racist at all. Lots of people that I know go to psychics and faith healers. I'm pretty sure every person that I know, every Irish person has been to a psychic at some point or another. And that sounds like I'm generalizing massively, but it's, I'm not. Yeah, but I think even if you think about Irish sort of law, again, L-O-R-E. Not law. Not the law. <laughs> if you can see that from the kind of things that are part of your culture. So I remember seeing, and this was, I think you might have told me actually, but about the motorway that was diverted around the ferry circle. Oh, yeah. So it's like, obviously, it's like if you're council, like I can't imagine Canterbury City Council, no offence, <laughs> but I can't imagine them diverting a road to avoid anything, let alone well, a... You, you know this high speed too that they're building. They're yeah. like literally digging up graves yep. to build it. That's awful. Yeah. That's where people, that's so disrespectful. But, you know, Irish society isn't really like that. I wanted to talk a bit today about faith healers. Okay, cool. I told you about my psychic aunt last week. Yep. She's so tiny. She fits in the palm <laughs> of your hand. She is um, a faith healer and she heals to the power of angels. But my mum was texting me earlier and she gave me very scant details. But she has told me this story before. And she brought my brother to a faith healer when he was little because he had warts around his mouth. Ugh. How gross are you? She took him to a faith healer and my, she went to my nana and my nana was like, oh, bring bring him to this man and he lives up the mountains, but you have to go after mass on a Sunday because it's the only time he'll be sober. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, oh, that's so actually that's, true. <laughs> I mean, that's a true story, but all the stereotypes there, all of them, every single one. After mass on a Sunday, it's the only time up he'll a be mountain. sober. Up a mountain. <laughs> I don't know how that's an Irish stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> we all live up mountains. And my mum took my brother. Yeah. <laughs> And I asked my mum, what did he do to Faith Heal? And she said that he got a, a twig from the ditch, said a few prayers, and that was it. And apparently, my brother's warts around his mouth disappeared. Yeah, so t- tell me a bit about how the cure works, because that's like, that was quite a foreign, when you first started talking to me about that, that was quite a foreign concept for me, because it's like quite specific, isn't it? You have the cure for a certain thing, right? Yeah, so I was looking this up during the week. There were loads of websites so if you look up faith healer ireland or put in any county of ireland all the different faith healers will come up so my nana regularly goes to a faith healer at home and she believes that he cured her of like her regular kidney infections she firmly believes that but so would that guy have been a kidney infection specialist he might be but he might also do other stuff so i was looking at the first guy that comes up on when you google search it he faith heals for everything he's got the monopoly on all them diseases (laughs) (laughs) he's got everything he'll heal you anything you've got he'll heal you i can't remember your question now what was your question i just i I just wanted you to explain a little bit about the cure because it's got like oh yeah so the cure is something that is really common in ireland and it's generally the seventh the seventh sun and having having obviously a seventh son was considered a really big deal and lots of people talk about how faith faith healers have a certain prayer that's passed down from generation to generation and it's only passed on to certain people i know a guy who thinks he's a faith healer but just doesn't quite know how to wield his power yet but he's got healing hands is he not quite at the right level yet no he's He's got to level up yeah it's like Yu-Gi-Oh. he's got to level up and he'll evolve But it's true. Mammoth stick becomes faith healer. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. And it, there's loads of people in Ireland who go to people for the cure. And it's, I think, I read an article in the Irish Times about it. And I think it's a last chance saloon for people. And it is something that is seen more in rural Ireland than in urban Ireland. 
because people still hold on to those beliefs. So it, it lives alongside the Catholic Church, like things like fairy lore in Ireland is still a really big thing, even though it goes against modern ideals. Older generations in Ireland, like my nana will still talk about fairies. And if I speak to her about it, she'll say she doesn't believe it, but she still wouldn't mess with them, <laughs> which is a really <laughs> common thing. It's like, oh, that's not real, but you don't want to chance it. <laughs> you can't take that risk. Oh, that's that's a fair sentiment, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah it's like it's not real, but it might be. Yeah, and so just, in just in case we will avoid it. So you said it was like off very commonly the seventh son. So does that mean it's not something that's open to females? Or no, it is. So okay. my aunt is a faith healer, and uh, she a is psychic aunt. my psychic aunt. And she heals people with the power of the angels. I can't really tell you that much about that because I don't really understand it. But she did a healing on you, didn't she? Oh, yeah, she did. Where she like smudged you. She smudged me with makeup. No. Um, <laughs> that sounds really Yeah, horrific. no, she did, she, the, she, did the, uh, she did the whole session on me and I actually found it quite sort of um, uplifting, actually, in a way. It was quite a nice sort of relaxing experience to go through. Yeah. Um, with the exception of whatever it was you burnt because it was quite a pungent smell but it, I can't remember if it was sage or I not I think it might have been it sage, sage or something else loads of people I know as well go to psychics mm. like I've been to about three or four different psychics in my time so many people go to psychics when people die when their lives aren't going very well I think that's the key is when people are reaching out for something when they're sad or they're sick or they're upset mm. and they don't have any other avenue they go down the spiritualist route but I think spirituality is a much bigger thing in Ireland than it is here. But I was brought up in um, in the church. I've been in the church all my life. It's not something I do at, at the moment, but it's something you know, I still hold a lot of those beliefs. But I agree with you totally. Like you just don't, we just don't have the spirituality in England anymore, and I think that's probably why. And I don't know whether that's a bad thing or a good thing, but that's probably why we don't see as much as you see in Ireland. So maybe. I don't know whether it does or not, but maybe the faith healing works in Ireland because people tend to have more faith if it's a thing you believe. Well, it's like a placebo, isn't it? Yeah. If you really believe something's going to happen, it's going to happen, isn't it? It's like we said last week. If you believe that you're going to see a ghost because somebody's told you somewhere is haunted, then obviously you're more likely to see something or believe that you've seen something or hear something and attribute it to that. Like I've met people who firmly believe that they're psychic and I've met people who have believed that they were possessed by demons. I met this woman who absolutely categorically believed that she was possessed. Now, I didn't believe she was possessed, but that's not the point. The point is she 100% believed it and therefore it manifested itself within her in a very particular way. Last week as well, I talked about an exorcism mass and then I realised when we listened back that I never actually elaborated on what that means at all. You did. I asked you. Yeah, you asked me, and then I said I told you what it wasn't. Oh yeah, but I never told you what it, it wasn't was. going up the front asking for. It. Like, it wasn't everybody lines up and gets uh, exercised up, which was a bit disappointing because that's kind of what I was hoping it was. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like an intervention. <laughs> but an exorcism mass is just a blessing on a person or on a property. So it's not like you see portrayed in the films. Bear in mind, the exorcist was banned in Ireland for fifty years. That's mental. Isn't that crazy? That's so wait, yeah. when did it come out? I could have made that up. I could so, have yeah, seventies, seventy nine. But it was maybe twenty years then. Actually, if um, Starfleet flocks foxes, if you can tweet us with the correct answer to when the exes yeah, came please, out after, that'd be lovely. Thank you. But whenever it came out, it was banned in Ireland because it was seen as being sacrilege. I find that quite. Sorry, just to divert a little bit. I find that quite um, interesting that it was banned. Yeah. Um, obviously, because it's um, for the time, it was obviously quite horrific. So I do see it was banned for that reason. But you'd think that 
a, re- a more religious or a more spiritual country would be less offended by it. I don't know. Well, I think because the opening doesn't the opening scene, The Exorcist, have a uh, statue of the Virgin Mary that's been yes, and obviously in Catholicism, the Virgin Mary is honoured. Yeah. So I think that was part of the reason, and I also think that it portrayed the Ouija boards and stuff, which they didn't want in Catholic Ireland to be shown everywhere you have to think about as well the the stronghold that was the catholic church in ireland yeah and back to when very we were... few strongholds as well yeah by that point to be fair like yeah. i'm not i'm not um, it's true mocking it but there wasn't but when we talked about exorcism masses it's a catholic need to have a priest who's priest who's trained in exorcism in every diocese isn't that crazy and they do have priests who are trained in exorcism now it doesn't happen anymore as far as i know like i knew somebody who was training to be a priest as far as i know they don't actually have people who are trained in 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 exorcism in every diocese but apparently it is a catholic requirement and people do still go to priests to get exorcised and it's not like the exorcist it's you literally go to a priest and they pray over you and things might may or may not happen it is something that is ingrained in Irish society. Things like the Banshee, for example. Like, that is going to be a whole episode. One of my friends has a Banshee attached to her family. But those are wide-held beliefs in Ireland. And it's not its not something that is removed from your faith. You can still be a Catholic and believe in psychics and believe in faith healers and believe in things like the Banshee and fairies. And I don't know if, if that's the same in, in your Christian church. No, I don't. I don't think it was actually, to be fair. I mean, if you read the Bible, <laughs> there's like lots of stories. That's about... our review for next week. <laughs> <laughs> there's lots of, uh, there's lots of possession, there's possession stories in the Bible. There's yeah, all that kind true. of stuff. And like, obviously, if you think about where sort of, I don't really want to use the term demonology because that's not really what I'm talking about, but the idea of the devils and demons and stuff like that, that all that's all based in religious tracts and things like that it's not something yeah. that someone's come well it's something that someone's come up with because obviously it was written at some point but you know that's where it stems from and and i think part of that comes from the fact that it's a whole isn't it if you believe in something that is good like god like jesus like angels stuff like that then the flip side of that is there must also be an evil there must be an alternative to that that's probably where it all comes from it's not something that's unique to the christian religion there's no, things like not. jinns in jinns jinns not jinn jinn not the alcoholic jinn with a j in <laughs> islamic uh tradition as well there's other demons and things like that in from other religions so it sort of has it all has its basis in faith the difference is in ireland faith is still important to a point that's true whereas i don't i think it's you know apart from enclaves is that the right word? Yeah. yeah. Apart from enclaves, I don't think it's the same in England anymore. Do you think that... Because I don't believe in demons. I oh, know, you've said that before. And I, I really, really don't. I don't believe it's a thing. I don't believe in possession. I don't think it can happen. While it freaks me out watching stuff mm. like that, like the exorcism of Emily Rose, my God, terrified me. I don't believe in it. I don't believe it's real. I don't believe a demon can go into your body and control what you do. I think I think it's mental health issues. And I've, you know, working in... I'm going to call it an asylum because it's just easier. As I talked about last week, I've seen the things that people can do when they have extreme intellectual disabilities or extreme mental illnesses. And I can see how people would think that's possession. But do you not think that we created demons to explain the terrible things that people do? So... I think that there has to be a bad force. That doesn't mean that I think that everybody's possessed. Okay, so obviously I realise that actually medicine over time has told us more about mental health. We understand it now more than we did 200 years ago. And I think actually a lot of the stuff that we couldn't explain 
we put on religion, we put on bad forces, we put on other things. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. And so I think that's where this idea of possession and demons has come. However, there are things that we still can't explain. And I think maybe the majority of cases are mental health issues, but sometimes I believe that there is more to it than we can put on this earth. So do you think then that there's people that ha- that do get gifts from God? I think God does things through people. So you think that people have certain abilities and that's God working through them? I think people can do certain things in the moment which might be beyond what they can do at other times. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. So do you not think then that people have like a sustained ability? So for example, Lorna Byrne, that woman who writes all those books about angels. Oh yeah, okay. Now she is regularly on Irish talk shows and I went to see her with my housemate who's a big fan of hers. I went to see her doing a book signing. I did not believe anything she said and I think she's a con artist. But do you think there's some people, do you not think there's some people out there who have a gift from God that they can utilise on like a daily basis that is a permanent fixture of their character? Do you mean like superpowers? Yes. <laughs> um, I think humanity corrupts things. Possibly, because I don't know everything. I can't explain things. People might sure. have. But I think the people that use it regularly potentially aren't able to do as much as they say they can. Because oh. I think humanity corrupts everything. So if you think... So obviously, I was, like I said earlier, I was brought up in an evangelical church and right up and sort of been... You know, I still hold my beliefs, but I'm not a churchgoer at the moment. But I've seen lots of things happen even on the on the other side. So I've seen lots of prominent church leaders fall. Not literally. No, I was going to say, <laughs> Although I, was like, I have, wow. I have seen I have seen a couple of people fall off stages, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> no, like, so I've, I think if you look at the people that have had the most profound impact, there's often an underlying thing. So if you look at the big super church leaders in Texas. Yeah, yeah, they're often crooks. Yeah, so if you think about the flooding that was in Houston... And that guy, Joel, whoever his face is, has a massive church and people were homeless and he didn't open up the massive church. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So I I think people ultimately corrupt things, but I do think if you have a belief in God, which I do, then I think if I'm if, if I'm having a belief in someone that created the earth from nothing, if we can if they can do that, then they've got the they've got the ability to do all kinds of things. Like whatever they want to do, basically. Yeah. And so I, I can't I can't write it off because I don't know what's going on. God, that makes me sound really clueless, doesn't it? I, I mean, I do know what's going on. Yeah, but I know <laughs> what you mean. You just can't, you can't make assumptions about something that is potentially that powerful. Yeah. And that otherworldly. And I do think like, I don't, like, I, ca- I can't rule it out. I can't say that, that if, like, if I believe in God, I can't ultimately say that he doesn't give one power or one ability to a single person. But what I am saying is I think ultimately we corrupt it. People say like Lorna Byrne, for example, that she potentially has the abilities that she says she has. So she says she can see angels. Or and she may have, I think with her, she's potentially seen angels before. And is using it as a way to get money because that's what I thought of her when I met her. And the reason why actually I was really upset with her was because she said animals don't have souls. Excuse me. Have you met our cat? <laughs> have you met our cat? <laughs> she has a soul. <laughs> it's going straight to hell, but that's beside the point. <laughs> Yeah, no, I just, I've, okay, so, oh, I don't really want to get super religious, but if you think about, like, if you, th- so there's something, the idea of money being evil yeah, has been an ongoing thing. I think it's got a name like Mammon or something like that. It's Mammon. But if you think about it's it like demon. that, okay, so your aunt. Aunt, yeah, continue. Aunt, yeah. What she does, on the whole, she does for free, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I know she that when she when we were out there, she was talking about her pub night and she didn't like it basically. Cause yeah, it but was... at the moment, she just in terms of money, when she does healings, she um people make a donation to a charity. Yeah. So at the okay. moment, it's like a dogs trust charity, which absolutely. Is really sweet. But that's not going to her. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. She's not doing it for monetary gain. And I think like if that is, oh, I don't want to go too wacko here, but if you know if you're thinking about money being an evil, yeah, a corrupting force, yeah, if you are going around saying I have this gift, pay me for it. Yeah, it, it defeats the purpose of it being a gift. Absolutely. So I think your aunt has got it, is in the right frame of mind. And potentially, oh, I can't speak for her, but potentially whatever she can do might be spot on the case. Because yeah. at the moment, it hasn't been corrupted. That's really interesting way of looking at it. I've never really, well, I have thought about it like that. But so if, you know, there's there's a wealth of faith healers and psychics in Ireland. So do you think then the vast majority of those people are... I'm not saying a fake, no, that's not what I'm saying. Okay. I'm not saying that at all. I don't know how it works. I can't speak for everybody, but I do think it. I think there's a point where if that's the only reason you're doing it, are you is it are you actually able to do it? I don't know. I can't speak. I haven't been out and seen all these things. And obviously, there is there's something to whatever's going on there because, like your brother, for example, didn't have warts all around his face the last and time I saw him. <laughs> I tell you what, it was just a twig and a prayer. Yeah, a sober man's <laughs> twig and a prayer. And if he caught him when he was and drunk. if he caught him when he was drunk, <laughs> who knows what would have happened? He might have grown an extra head. He might have done it wrong (laughs) but i think like so i think i think in the circumstances that i've seen faith healing happening there's not been a it's been as part of a congregation so yeah so it hasn't been going to an individual and and paying them for it absolutely so if i think about what i might have seen it's been someone's gone up having a message from god said oh there's someone in here that has that has got a left broken tibia no, no, probably not that specific but you know it's got a pain in their left arm if that's you come up and see if me if that's you you're having a heart attack <laughs> <laughs> is, that the, is that the wrong oh, that's not what I meant <laughs> alright the, the, the non heart attack arm um, if you know you've got a pain in your wrist or something like that stop spending so much time in bed um, <laughs> <laughs> no no, no um, got a pain pain in his pain in your wrist come and see me after and I'll pray for it that's the sort of format the setting for it and sometimes it doesn't work sometimes it does there's things that I that have happened that I can't explain. I guess I feel like... As there are in lots of other walks of life. Like growing up with a faith, we believed in zombie Jesus. Like that is an actual part of Christianity is believing that a man died and rose from the dead and performed all of these healings. So I guess it is more likely that growing up with a faith is going to make you believe in the supernatural. Absolutely. And I do think like, so in the church setting, I do think sometimes consciously or unconsciously, there's a slight element of look at me, I'm on the stage to it. See, we don't have that in Catholicism. Absolutely. Do you know? So I don't really understand that mentality. No, I've seen things where it's very apparent that what they're saying is, is, um, dubious. Yeah. Very dubious. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go into it cause it's not really fair, but, um, I've seen circumstances where that's happened. And I think part of it's just, uh, nine times out of 10 comes from a good place, even if it's not. So I think it's like, oh, you know, this is what I believe in. I want to be involved in this. Let's see what God gives me. I guess there would be an element of this is how we celebrate. I want to be a part of that rather than it being a genuine. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've got a message from God. It's more so I don't really have a message from God, but I'm desperate to be a part of this situation. So it's not actually coming from a place of negativity. It's not coming from a place of malice. It's just wanting to be a part of the whole. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that makes, that's just a human thing, isn't it? Wanting to be a part of the whole. Yeah. It's just, it's just wanting to feel like you belong and feel like you're sharing in something that everyone else is experiencing. Like I felt like when I went to the evangelical service that I went to, I loved it and I thought it was lovely and everybody was really happy and 
we don't have that in Catholicism. Like nobody sings. I felt like it was a real joy to be a part of, but I also felt quite removed from it because it's not a way that I have ever chosen to express my faith. So I found it lovely and really positive and uplifting, but I did feel quite removed because there was no way that I was going to be... It's almost an alien thing, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. And I think you probably, knowing the kind of person you are without casting aspersions, is that the right word? Yeah. Yep. I think there's, you probably approached it in a more observational capacity than yeah. some would have because you're, you quite like to observe human behavior and stuff like that. And I think yeah. you, you're, you were approaching it from that, oh, let's have a look at this. Let's see how they interact in this. Yeah, because of... your family were really nice about it and they yeah. were saying, you know, you don't have to be involved. You don't even have to come in if you don't want to. I'd never be rude or I'd never be offensive about somebody else's faith. It's your faith, you know, as long as you're being good to another human being, I don't care what you're doing. But I did find it uplifting and I did find it interesting to be involved in. And there was no real negatives to it. There was no there was no kind of talking about other people in a negative way, yeah. I guess. So it was really positive. But I think that there is, particularly in Ireland, this huge mix between the religious and the pagan. Do you know? So yeah, things... which you wouldn't get in this country. Like, you don't get that. Which is odd because if you think about what what you believe as an evangelical and that you believe that you can speak to God and God speaks to you and God has the power to do things and zombie Jesus. Um, Do you know why people trick or treat? No. It's an ancient Celtic tradition where they used to leave food, sweets and drinks outside of their doors for the dead. It was like an offering to the dead. Like we do for Father Christmas. Yeah, like you do for Santa Claus. Oh my word. Santa Claus is dead. (laughs) (laughs) Zombie Santa Claus, zombie Jesus. It's all the same. Yeah, and it was, it was, because obviously around Samhain, the veil between the dead and the living is thinner and and ghosts can pass through, through and demons can pass through. But Irish people used to leave offerings on their doorstep and then it became it it transformed into what we know as trick-or-treating now but yeah so lots of our traditions are rooted in in our pagan past Mm. and i think it's fascinating if you so to finish up because i think we're i read somewhere that the holy grail of podcasts is 40 minutes and we're 39 minutes in if you were to have a superpower what superpower would you have oh you're going right off on the tangent you're not even going to ask me something relevant I think it is relevant. Fly it. I've always wanted to fly. I dream about flying. It's a, it's not as it's not as exciting as some of them, but I think it would just be really cool to just be able to go up in the air. Imagine like if you're in a situation and you're really uncomfortable. Like you know, how I say to you sometimes, I wish I smoked because it would give me an excuse to leave a room. Yeah, that would be the ultimate leaving, wouldn't it? Like you're just in the street and you're fed up with whatever's going on. You just go right, fly off into, off the, into air. the air. That would be really useful for me if I wasn't the laziest person alive. I just never use it. <laughs> but they don't yeah but you wouldn't have to flap that's not the kind of that's not the kind of flying power that i wanted i'm like talking superman you know just put my arm up and, and off you go even still imagine if superman actually had no control over that where anytime he put his arm up he just <laughs> flew off in the shell so, yeah he's like oh god damn it would I- you still if you knew you could fly but the only way you could fly was to wear your underpants over the top of your trousers would you do it absolutely yeah me too I was just wondering. No, absolutely. In a heartbeat. I'd like to be able to fly as well, but I do think I'm too lazy as a so human being. So what would being. be your superpower choice? Flight, because I'm too lazy to think of another one now. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I'd also, also quite like the, the... I don't know what I'd do with it, and I'd probably end up like setting myself alight, but I'd quite like the power to be able to go like open my hand and get a little flame. Yeah, go, but oh. you talk about this... And then I would actually like... You talk about this all the time, and I think you'd actually be really frightened of it. I would. And I'd probably end up terrified. setting stuff alight that I really shouldn't be setting alight. Yeah, you well. would. You'd have no. You'd be like, 
rogue. You'd have yep. no control yep. over your power. Absolutely. It would be an absolute disaster. Yep. I'd leave you. I'd leave you. I'd take the cat and go. Yeah. And that would obviously be devastating for you. I think it's come... Do you know, right, just... But I think that fascination has actually come from the Bible with me as a kid. Because, because my, one of my favourite Bible stories is about Elijah crawling fire down from heaven. So maybe that's just like... That's just my fast. I just... Oh, maybe I'm just a part So of little maniac. Daniel was like... <laughs> Come on, fire. Why just trying all the time. It's like when you watch Matilda and you know you spend like an hour afterwards trying to move something with your mind. Yeah, my sister did that regularly. Yeah, no, I did as well. Yeah. So uh, maybe it's that kind of thing. Although I did it with the light was, switch, didn't I? Matilda was not a story in the Bible. <laughs> it was? <laughs> Genesis. No, it's the book of Judas. I just didn't include it. book of Judas it. didn't yeah. include it. Yeah. I did a, a thesis on the gospel according to Jesus. Judas. <laughs> according to Jesus. According to Jesus. No, according to Judas. There's a book. I think we're le- one of our mics is leaning on a book called The Gospel According to Judas, I think. Yes. Somewhere. I've seen it on the shelf. If you have any interesting stories, if you'd like to contribute, you can contact us on Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast at gmail.com. Or at Real Ghost Pod. On Twitter. Twitter, yes. And we're also on Instagram at Real Life Ghost Stories. So talk to us. This was a bit of a rambling episode, but I think it was interesting. We've got loads of cool stuff coming up as well in future episodes. We've got loads of people who want to be involved, which is surprising because I didn't really think anyone would want to be involved. And we're going to be going out to various places and interviewing people who apparently live and work in haunted establishments. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to the second episode of Real Life Ghost Stories Pod uh, Cast Podcast. <laughs> I knew I was going to mess up. I didn't say Paranormal Activity Seven though. No, that's um, good. Oh, let's go on. Keep going. With, uh, with Dan and Emma, we're here. Ooh, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs>